Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with dad, coach, CEO, and founder, Andrew Palasi. He has roughly 20 years of experience working in various positions in marketing. Currently, he works as the CEO at Ad Leverage, a full-service media and technology agency, where he leads a cross-functional team of roughly 70. He builds unique traditional and digital campaigns that help fuel efficient revenue growth for partners. He's deeply passionate about creating an environment of growth accountability, as well as seamlessly integrating trusted products and processes that help make complex marketing decisions a bit easier. Enjoy this interview. Well, hey, Matt, it's great yeah. to meet you. I want to begin our conversation with living through the, the. I mean, we're coming up on the four, fourth year of the pandemic. How did you get through that pandemic period and how did it change you? Well, you know, it's crazy. I think that uh, I got through it with a lot of sleepless nights and anxiety right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it, it was, it kind of hit us all like a ton of bricks. And I think that, you know, there was more uncertainty than I think, you know, probably more of us had, had ever faced uh, just in terms of, you know, the openings and closures and can we do business? How do we do business? How do we move forward? And um, it was an insane time, right? I think that, you know, our agency billing probably, you know, I, I say relatively overnight went to, 10% of what it was because everybody had that immediate jump scare of like, holy shit, what are we going to do? Can yeah. we even monetize our product or service? And so they freaked out initially. And, and what's, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, with a lot of businesses, their marketing budget is kind of the, the first thing to go. Right. And yeah. look, I, I have my thoughts and opinions on that. And, and um, uh, I think that, that was the immediate reaction. But then as we kind of settled in, not even settled in, I can't even say that, right? As we just started making some decisions like, hey, it looks like this thing is going to, we're going to be on this ride for a little bit. Let's see what we can do to embrace it and make the most of it and emerge stronger. And I think that, you know, even though I had my hesitations and, and, uh, you know, I was nervous as, as all get out trying to push through. I really encourage my clients to to be strong and to embrace this new normal. And in any time there's adversity like that, I think there's also a corresponding opportunity to you know to really get in and um, increase share of voice and and be a dominant force that's saying, hey, this is our new normal. But here are the adaptations we're making. Here are the changes we're making to embrace it and ensure that. We keep everybody safe and, and comfortable while we, you know, represent our product or service. And so the clients that really, you know, went into attack mode, so to speak, and, and got aggressive and, um, you know, really started to embrace the new normal one as a result of it. We had some categories kind of come out of the woodwork um, that weren't categories before COVID. We had, we had other businesses that unfortunately had been around for decades that they were so impacted they went out of business. So I think it was really a mixed bag, but it forced us to double down on diversity in our client roster and to really stay in, um, you know, I'd say uh, business development mode of, of, you know, somebody's winning in every environment. It's our job as an agency to understand and adapt to the environment and, and help folks grow that have the opportunity to grow based on those environmental conditions. So you've been at this for a long time and you're current capacity, if I put you in front of a bunch of third graders, it's career day. And one of the kids says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? I would say we put commercials on TV. 
No, I would say <laughs> that is that is the most basic representation of what they would um, uh, of what they would see. Uh, yeah. But I, I would say our job is to you know work with businesses and help them grow, right? And I think that answer is unbelievably simple, but in a more complex media environment than ever. So let's go back to when you were in the third grade. What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a professional baseball player in okay. third grade. But okay. once that dream was dashed as I grew into adulthood, um, I really loved marketing and advertising. So, you know, I, I went to school for it. I uh, just had... Um, it, it always fascinated me. The psychology behind it always fascinated me. And so um, I would say that very early on in college, my dad was in, in uh, he was a custom home builder. So, you know, I tried that on for about a year in college and very quickly came to the realization that, hey, that's great for you, Pops, but it's not going to be my path and, and change it over to business and, and uh, specializing in marketing and advertising. And that's that was my degree. And that was the path that I stayed on. So when did you realize that that was the right path for you? Like how far into it? I would say really my junior year in college. Um, you know, I really was just always fascinated with, um, you know, the the different approaches that I saw. And at that time, really, it was primarily TV and radio. Right. And so I always kind of found myself paying attention to the ads. Um, and still to this day, I am turning up the ads and my entire family is screaming at me, asking me to skip them or turn them down or whatever it is, but I can't bring myself to do it to this day. So uh, that's been with me a while. You know what I've always been fascinated by? I had this idea years ago. Why don't they have, they have all these networks on, on these plethora of cable uh, packages. Why can't we have one channel called the Advertising Network? And it shows different eras of ads, different categories. So like Super Bowl weekend, all of the old Super Bowl ads. That's win-win, man. They're going to get all of their advertisements out there. People would love to watch that. Joe, that's really funny that you say that. Um, and and I'll, I'll kind of tie it back to something else, right? Like during COVID, I think that, you know, kind of piggybacking on your first question, we really saw kind of a, a revisitation of like nostalgia coming back. And I think that in, in times of unrest or when things are uneasy or uncertain, I think that nostalgia wins, yeah. right? I'm a, I'm a big proponent and fan of, of, you know, taking us back to a simpler time, right? And I think that if that were to be a thing, I absolutely think it would win because people love going back in time and like revisiting it and look back fondly, even though they don't may not see it at the time. I think that it's absolutely the case in advertising. I mean, it would be like a VH1 behind the music, like get the guy that like said it's a good idea for the Kool-Aid man to break through a brick wall or the Hawaiian punch whenever they would punch somebody or right. Chuck Wagon running through the kitchen. Like who came up with that? What, you know, what drug induced moment or what lucidity in the middle of the night did you wake from to get this? Like that would be great. So anyway, it I, I would love to see that in my lifetime happen. No, dude, I think it's so funny, right? Because at the end of the day, it's so subjective, right? Like there are some things that, like, you know, we kind of live at the intersection of data and creativity at Ad Leverage because we are responsible for creative ideation, but then we're also responsible for performance media, both, you know, traditional and digital media. And so we live at this funny intersection, but creative is one of those things that it's so unbelievably subjective, right? Like yeah. if you think back, one of the most prolific campaigns of our time anyway, like in recent history is the Gecko from Geico. 
Yeah. Right. And like you look at these like massive institutional types of, you know, State Farm and Mutual of Omaha type of, you know, institutional banking feel uh, insurance companies. But then you have somebody that walks into a meeting and says, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have this cheeky little lizard and we're, he's going to be a gecko and he's going to be our spokesperson, like a complete departure. Right. Yeah. And somebody could like laugh him out of the room and say, you know, get the hell out of here. That's a ridiculous idea. But that CMO or that CEO or that board of advisors, whomever it is that made that ultimate decision was like, you know what? I love that. Let's give it a try. And then yeah. it catches on and, and there you go. Right. And so I yeah. just think it's it's so funny how subjective it really is. And I've been laughed out of the room with a lot of ideas that I thought were great, right? But I think, you know, we have to live in an egoless environment and and uh, beauty is definitely in the eye of the beholder in that regard. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I saw kind of a spin on the Geico thing, the caveman, and it was like it was a sitcom. They like right. made it into like this continuation thing. So it's funny how these things evolve and turn into almost like mini docudramas, but they're still commercials. So it's yep. kind of an out-of-body experience. You're like, wait, is this a show or is this a commercial? And we're talking about it. I mean, that's the idea, right? I mean, we're having active dialogue about their product. Absolutely. When you see Flo getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, Flo from Progressive, you yeah. know, she's making hundreds of thousands of dollars to make appearances, right? Like that's from an advertising campaign initially, right? It's a created character. I have the word create in massive letters above my desk because that's what this is. And that's what's always excited me about the business yeah. is that we can come up with an idea, however ridiculous it may be. And if the client's on board, we can create something tomorrow, whatever it is a character, an idea, a jingle, you name it, we can create something tomorrow that is engaging and captivating to audiences that does not exist today. Yeah. Right. So to me, that's such an awesome opportunity. And just yeah. so that's what I absolutely love about the industry. Well, you know, I taught, I interviewed somebody about a month ago that came up, was a part of the team that came up with Got Milk. And it, and it was that, you know, the California milk farmers were worried that there was this supply that wasn't getting used. It was that simple. And then yep. it turns into this thing that just totally catapulted into the stratosphere. It's wild yep. how that happens. Human ingenuity and curiosity, all of those things, how they clash together are fascinating. Yeah. And then I think, you know, beyond that, and in, in I think every advertiser are, you know, I won't say every, I'll say a lot are looking for the silver bullet. And in my mind, it takes, you know, unbelievably captivating creative. It takes, you know, uh, um, understanding psyche and, and all that goes into making an impact. But then it also takes frequency. Yeah. Right. And I think that's kind of the lost. It's lost on on some, um, you know, clients that we work with. And, and they'll even tell you like, oh, you know, X jingle or X saying it's so good. I want something like that. And we can come up with something like that. But the only reason you think it's like that is because you've heard it a thousand times. Yeah. Right. Like that's the only thing that makes it truly sticky is it takes it takes absolutely something that's creative and catchy and sticky. But it takes the frequency piece of it for it to properly be ingrained. And I think that's kind of lost sometimes is yeah. that it takes all those things to, to really make a lasting impact. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Who's been a hero for you in your life? Wow, where do we go? Um, <laughs> who has been a hero for me in my life? I mean, if we want to get like super personal, like my grandmother yeah. has absolutely been a hero. Um, I think that, you know, she was in the army. 
one of 13 kids, poor as dirt in South Texas upbringing, uh, mowed her own grass and, and worked retail until she was 82 years old. Like my abs, like the absolute epitome of grit and hard work and beating the odds. Right. So if I, if I honestly had to pick one person, um, she lived to almost a hundred and um, she did things that um, were absolutely well beyond expectation. And uh, just the fight was unbelievable. So as somebody that wanted to grow up and become a major league baseball player, if you could go back in time and see one game, one moment with your own eyes, where are you going? Ooh, I would say it's probably Nolan Ryan's 300th win. So my yeah. middle name is Ryan after okay. Nolan Ryan. Oh, and okay. Yeah. So he was like, and I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, right? So he was with the Rangers. He was with the Astros. Uh, and at the time, he was just an absolute badass. Um, I think everybody, you know, if you know Nolan Ryan, you know, like when he threw at Robin Ventura, uh, he pegged Robin yeah. Ventura. <laughs> Robin Ventura thought he was a young badass and charged the mound on Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan sat there, calm as could be, threw him in a headlock and started wailing on him, right? So I also go back to that moment as kind of an epic old man strength moment. That was really cool. Have you seen the the Netflix documentary on him? I have not. Oh, dude, you got to see it. It's so good. Absolutely. Like it, it goes through all of that. Like why Ventura decided to do it and how all of it materialized, how his career began. He was a family guy. I saw him in Royal Stadium when Bo Jackson was playing. It was a doubleheader. It was one of the hottest days of my life. And he pitched like 10 innings, 11 innings. It was superhuman, man. He was playing yeah. for Texas. It was crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. These are these are things like Cy Young's wins record. Like there are things that that will just never happen again. Yeah. Because the equivalent would be like eighteen thirty game win seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That would be that would be what it takes to beat Cy Young's record. Yeah. And it's like that's just never going to happen. If you have a 20, uh, 20 win game season, uh, that, that's like a, a monstrous feat these days because of the amount of rest these guys are are rolling with. But it's just yeah, thinking back on that era is entirely crazy. It is crazy. So as somebody that obviously loves what he does, runs his own company, what is it that gets you up every day? What gets you to do the work to help people and to evolve as a human? I honestly think that every day I embrace the philosophy of being a student. And the more I learn, um, which is, you know, obviously the media market is more segmented than ever, right? But I feel like the more I can absorb and the more I learn from my team, that is living and breathing these platforms and ad types and and um, new advertising media, I feel like the more I can help business owners make better decisions, the more I can help CMOs or VPs of marketing avoid the pitfalls that I've seen made, right? And so I think that honestly what drives me is being able to make a true impact on um, on a business and, and come in and help guide them strategically and the growth uh, over time, it's just so motivating, and yeah. and I'm so passionate about being able to come in and come up with you know a creative concept that they hadn't thought of, and and uh, a media mix that they hadn't considered, new media types, new creative, new adaptations that um, you know again didn't exist the day before, or the month before, or whatever it is, and watching that impact their business and enabling their business to grow and our business to grow as a byproduct of their business growing pretty tough to replace that, man. It really yeah. is. So I think the more equipped I become, the better I become, um, you know, as a student and then, you know, as an advocate 
for uh, you know diversity in media, the more I can make that impact. And and watching that business grow, it's just there's there's nothing like it in my mind. So we were talking about the Geico um, uh, campaign, sure. and there's all kinds of campaigns out there. What's your favorite one that you hatched and conceived and watched come to fruition? Wow, that's a big one. So I would say that. Um, We've been working with a legal client in Southern California for about 13 years now. So one of our very early clients had a name that nobody could pronounce, right? And so um, it would be mispronounced all the time. Uh, we know the problems that come along with misunderstanding and mispronunciation. So we simplified everything. His last name was Imrani. Nobody knew how to say it, spell it. It was Jacob Imrani. Everybody thought it was Jacob and Ronnie. Everybody thought it was Jacob. Then M was a middle initial, then Ronnie. People thought it was, you know, two guys and, and it wasn't. And so we simplified everything about 11 years ago to call Jacob. And so now everything is called Jacob. It's calledjacob.com. Simplified it all. We have an amazing jingle that we did behind it that I feel is, is one of the catchier ones out there. I'm completely biased. I'll admit it. Uh, <laughs> but it, it does get some solid praise. And, and being able to watch that brand and our evolution together over that time, we went from a single station test buy together with an agency client relationship to now being the official legal partner of the LA Lakers. We broke new ground with the LA Lakers. We did the recruitment campaign for hashtag LA Braun together when he was visiting playing in Cleveland, we got millions of dollars of earned media by putting up billboards all over town wow. for hashtag LA Braun. And so that got a ton of play nationally. Um, LeBron gave him a nod uh, when we put it up, actually, when he was still playing for Cleveland before he came to LA. Then we became an official Lakers partner. Um, then we were able to uh, become an LAFC partner and they were MLS champs a couple years back. And that's kind of a Cinderella story after being only in the league a few years. And now we're on, you know, hundreds of billboards and just about every radio TV station in town. And the campaign just continues to evolve. So what started as a tiny little test and, you know, we sharpened our creative acts and, and went to work on um, simplifying it for the audience and making it nice and catchy and creative to see what it's blossomed into. It's like a, a sense of pride, um, you know, that, that uh, I carry with me every day. So of all the things that you've done and achieved and overcome and become in your life up to this point, what are you the proudest of? I'm the proudest of our evolution. Honestly, I feel like, um, I, we, I am blessed with a group of people that really buys into being better tomorrow than they were today. And I think the sense of pride and the sense of, um, you know, being students of the advertising game is really part of our DNA. And I feel like the entire team is, it, you know, the, the kind of the, um, the focus for us is, you know, treating each other with respect and support but then also pushing ourselves to be the best we can be, right? Not checking boxes. Um, you know, good enough is not good enough. And having a team that really buys in and lives that every single day, uh, the team is legitimately so inspiring to me, um, you know, just to, to be a part of it and to serve such awesome people. Um, it is really the, the largest motivator to me. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into that 
junior in college version of you, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained so far in your life. What advice would you impart on that young version? Focus on accounting a lot earlier <laughs> than I did. <laughs> no, I, I would say, man, I had so much fun uh, building campaigns and, and growing campaigns and um, we're blessed with, you know, awesome growth uh, early, you know, fairly early in our journey. But I, I would say, you know, the basics of, you know, solid accounting practices came a little, you know, a little later than they should have for us. But now we've, you know, we, we've dealt with that piece of it now being around 16, 17 years. But um, I think that and, and just reminding that young person that it'll all be OK. Yeah. So it'll at the all end, be OK. Absolutely. Absolutely. So at the end of the day. Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Wow. Um, I think that I am a student and I hope that I am a support structure for those around me. Because I think that when you surround yourself with great people and you provide the resources and support necessary for them to feel like they are thriving and to, to really embody it. I think that the rest of it takes care of itself. So I'm unbelievably focused on the process and unbelievably focused on ensuring that my team knows that they've got the appreciation, the support and the resources to feel like they're doing a kick-ass job. And I feel like when you focus on those things, the rest of it truly does take care of itself. For sure. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Wow. I would say some of the best advice I've ever gotten, a couple of things come to mind. Um, one, uh, one of my mentors, Roy Lachlan, uh, I remember early on in my radio station management days when I was 26 years old and, and had no business managing anything, couldn't, couldn't manage making my coffee, but I was managing an LA radio station. He said, uh, you know what? We may not know what we're doing, but we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning like, That's so good. Hey, oh, it was. It was great. You know, he's like, hey, you got to get out there and try things, right? You may not have it all figured out, but let's not let perfect be the enemy of good in a lot of circumstances, let's go give it a, let's go give it a shot. And you really don't know until you try it. And then uh, one of my other mentors uh, is a guy by the name of Steve Lehman. He's like the godfather of syndication radio, just an awesome guy. And uh, I remember uh, going to him and, and, you know, whining one day very early in my career, I was blessed to, to work alongside of him very early in my career, my first sales job. Uh, he was about four steps up the rung uh, so to speak, but I did it my best to spend as much time with him as I could. And I just said, man, I feel like I'm just grinding and I'm not really getting anywhere. I'm not, you know, the the, the traction I'm looking for just isn't there. And he said, uh, and at this point, I was uh, a rookie in sales, right? And he said, he's like, Andrew, I want you, next time you're driving down the highway, I want you to look around. And, and when you see those guys working, uh, you know, next to the highway and, and digging that ditch and, and working with a shovel and a pickaxe, they're grinding too. Anything worth a shit is going to take relentless grind. Yeah. Everybody's grinding. So put your head down and keep going, essentially was the message, right? Like yeah. anything, anything worth anything is going to be the grind, right? Yeah. And so I think that that stuck with me my entire career, and so that was 18, 19 years ago at this point. And uh, just, it always sticks with me. That's great advice. So if anyone wants to hire you, learn more about you, reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, awesome. Um, our primary agency site is adleverage.com. 
That's ad with one D, adleverage.com. Uh, I'm on socials, Andrew Policy, that's P-A-L-O-S-I. And what the hell, here's my cell phone, 805-558-1300. Give me a ring. I love talking shop. I love helping. I love talking strategy, whether you're a client or not. It excites me. I've got a ton of passion for it. Let's connect. I love it. Andrew, you're great at talking, man. Great stories, great wisdom. I really appreciate your time today. Best of luck with everything. Thank you so much, man. It's been awesome to hang with you for a bit here, Joe. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Yeah.